Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Welcome back this week, and we are going to be taking a close look at something that is, well, stressful. We are going we're going to talk about stress. I'm so stressed. I can't take this job anymore. It's killing me. I don't have enough time in the day to get things done. Oh, my goodness. We all know stress. Stress is part of everyday life. But that doesn't mean you have to be victimized by stress. That's the important point. Victims are powerless. You are not powerless. Now, we can't always eliminate the stressors, those things that come about that stress us, an unexpected bill, uh, a traffic uh, jam, all kinds of nefarious things. That's part of life. And the truth is, we were built to handle stress. It's in our DNA. It's our fight-flight reaction to handling things that could threaten us. But we weren't built, either physically or emotionally, to live with chronic stress. And that's a fact. So today I'm going to talk about ways to minimize and at times to eliminate the stress in your life. But first, let me run down just a few of the physical reasons why you need to pay attention to chronic, long-term, stressful living. And pay close attention as I go through this list because stress, if anything, is not innocuous. And let's just run down some things that you ought to be aware of. Repeated stress and persistent chronic stress, well, that contributes to the inflammation in the circulatory system, particularly your coronary arteries. And as you may well know, this is the path that can lead to a heart attack. There's also evidence that shows that people with chronic stress develop higher cholesterol. Chronic stress can result in numerous physical and mental health conditions, including chronic fatigue, metabolic disorders like diabetes, obesity, depression, and certainly immune disorders. When it comes to the belly, well, stress can trigger pain, bloating, discomfort. They would get heartburn or acid reflux. Well, it's your esophagus telling you, I'm fed up with this stress. <laughs> and then there's the old stomach. Stress may make pain, bloating, nausea, and other stomach discomfort felt more easily. Stress can affect digestion. You know that. It can also affect what nutrients get absorbed. So if nutrients aren't getting absorbed, well, what happens to your resistance? As we enter cold and flu season here in North America, we need to be, well, not only hydrated, but we need to be fortified nutritionally. And stress affects digestion. Stress especially affects people with chronic bowel disorders, 
such as inflammatory bowel disease or irritable bowel syndrome, devastating syndromes that really can ruin a life. When it comes to the nervous system, well, long-term stress produces long-term drain on the body. It just causes a wear and tear on you. In men, chronic stress affects testosterone, may cause a decrease in sex drive. It can even cause erectile difficulties or impotence. In women, menstruation is directly affected by stress. High levels of stress may be associated with absent or irregular menstrual cycles. Stress, distraction, fatigue, these may reduce sexual desire in women, especially when women are running around chasing little munchkins all over the house all day long. Stress can negatively impact a woman's ability to conceive. And in men, chronic stress can negatively impact the production of sperm. And that's why a lot of young couples trying to have babies, they get stressed over it, which is exactly what makes it more difficult to become pregnant. And I should, I should mention that women who are more anxious may experience increased number of hot flashes, more severe or intense hot flashes. There are many other places in your body that stress affects. Let's, let's just sum it up by saying stress ain't your friend. And chronic stress over time has a deleterious effect, not just on your body and on your health, but obviously emotionally as well. So those are the those are the physical realities of prolonged long-term stress. And it's probably stress I hate to say this but it's it's probably stressful for you to hear that especially if you are a stressed person, an anxious person, to hear that you are inadvertently doing all of this deleterious stuff to your body. And that makes you feel stressed because I don't want to do all this stuff. I want my body to be healthy. But, you know, sometimes we feel powerless, as I said earlier. We feel victimized by our stress. So if stress is an unavoidable part of life, well, what the heck can we do about it? Well, let's talk about some simple techniques that can help you understand that you do have sway over the amount of stress in your life. So as I said in the beginning, stress is part of life. It's part of the challenges that we face, being vulnerable creatures. And for a lot of challenges, stress is quite understandable. Again, we come back to the fight-flight. We are stressing ourselves to mobilize ourselves to handle these challenges. But that's the understandable stress. But you need to keep in mind that most stress is indulged stress. Sorry, but I do feel that we perpetrate and uh, accelerate the stressors in our life. And, and I think that worry and rumination, you know, when we worry, for example, and then that worry starts to just progress and become cyclic. Oh, my gosh. And... And what if, if all those what ifs? So we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning. So that stress now is being cycled, reconstituted, 
in your mind over and over and over. So what is that doing? It's generating stress. So you're becoming a stress machine as you circle the wagons and you start to really feel hammered by life. What am I going to do? This is so horrible. This is terrible. And that's what rumination is. It's this replaying of worrisome thoughts. Now, the thoughts can be connected to a life challenge, but the fact that you are spinning it constantly in your mind, you're generating more stress than is necessary. You know, my grandmother used to have a saying. She used to say, you can't stop a bird from flying into your hair, but you don't have to help it build a nest. So, so we can't stop a stressful thought, a worry thought, to percolate into our mind or to challenge us actually or physically. But we don't have to help it build a nest. As the comic book character Pogo once quipped, we have seen the enemy and he is us. So one thing you can do about stress is catch yourself with the ruminations. Uh, yeah, you need to be concerned, but there's a, a just a big difference between worry and concern. Worry is constantly anticipating the chaotic negativity of life. Concern deals with life. I should point out that with ruminative stress, where we are carrying around that stressor and just killing ourselves with unnecessary duress, just going over and over and what ifing and what ifing. There's a tendency to want to escape, understandable, right? But when you start to lean on alcohol, marijuana, other drugs, well, there's no free lunch. You inevitably must come back to face life and the stressors. But if you are prone to escape, what happens? Well, there's a likelihood you're going to become emotionally dependent on these various crutches. And the more likely you are to feel victimized by your challenges. So let's continue to look at the things we can do. Rather than sidestepping stress, let's, let's talk some more about handling these issues of stress in our lives. And one of those is to avoid things that are toxic. Let's say your friend is constantly annoying you, calling up, wanting to see you. Or maybe you're overextended with commitments and obligations. Now, if you are a yes person, of course, then you're going to stress yourself because you're going to just say, take another piece of me and another piece, and you're going to extend yourself more and more, and you're going to become stressed. To take charge of your life, to take charge of the stress in your life, you need to use discretion. And yeah, that takes a, a bit of courage and a bit of consciousness. And most importantly, you need to manage your time more effectively. You know, in this day and age, of course, with computers and emails and texts, I don't have any time. Well, you do have time, but you need to manage it. If you're not managing your time effectively, then time is victimizing you. And then again, you become impotent. You know, it's important to think of stress and the stressors in your life and relativize it. I mean, how many, how many stressful events have you handled in your life? You know, they come and they go. You know, I always, you know, go back to, well, five years from now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now, it's not going to matter. And all those stressors that plagued you in the past, they don't matter anymore. You get through tough times. 
you handle things. Now, maybe you don't have the answer. Maybe you are stuck at a job. Okay. Then you need to start thinking of an exit strategy, of approaching your own attitude toward work. You know, a negative attitude, pessimism will exacerbate any situation and create more stress than is necessary, which is, of course, the last thing you need, more stress. So rather than pessimism, why not entertain the notion of becoming more optimistic? Now, if you're a bean counter, of course, it's hard to get optimistic about going in every day and counting beans. But you really could cultivate a more positive attitude about doing something responsible. The extrinsic reward of getting paid for the job you do, the service you do, and the good feeling you get from just working hard for reasons that matter. But in life itself, an optimistic attitude is always going to help you mitigate stress. Neither the optimist or the pessimist knows the future, but of course, the pessimist is stressing themselves out because they're anticipating all things that go awry, which is why we worry. The optimist may be predicting that all things are going to be fine, just peachy. Nobody knows the future, but you will agree that the optimist must live a better moment in the present than the pessimist. Just makes sense. If I'm an optimist, I'm living my life right now. I'm not, I'm not looking at the next dental appointment. I'm living right now. Everything's going to be fine. And you know what? If it's not fine, then I'll find ways to handle it, just like I usually do, right? So cultivate optimism and keep that positive attitude. You, you need to own it. Think of all the positive aspects of your life. Sometimes, you know, we forget. We forget and only focus on the dark. And that's a bad habit. That's a pessimistic habit. It's a neurotic habit. And if you have to dig for those positive things in your life, then dig. They're there. And if you can't find any positive things, then develop the optimism to say, I'm going to start looking for positives. I'm going to start looking to implant positive experiences in my life. Again, I'm going to come back to the word we're using a lot today. Don't let life victimize you. You're in charge. You're in charge of you. And if you sit back and just give up, throw your hands up, become pessimistic, well, then you get what you deserve. And watch out for control. That's a big word. I use it all the time. For me, control is the sine qua non. The, it is the prima materia. It is the basis of all neurotic suffering because we try to over-control life because we don't have self-trust. Yeah, there are things we can't control. I was working with someone recently, and you know, this is not infrequent in my sessions with clients where someone has kind of an obsessive fear of dying, mortality. Talk about things that you can't control, right? But what happens is that the rumination is like, it's almost like you're trying to just find a way to, I don't know, sidestep the inevitable. What am I going to do? What happens after death? Well, as I told the person I was working with this week, you know, you're you're saying, well, when, when I get older and when I when I have to face death and blah blah blah. Well, you know, my my reaction was, well, what if you get hit by a a, a piano that f falls on you or something out of a window? You know, we don't know when we're going to die, and this is what really bugs people is because they feel more out of control. They they don't want to be surprised. It's it is all about control. 
And the ultimate loss of control is giving up life and dying, which is an inevitability. But there are people who unconsciously or less than consciously are in denial about that. I don't want to die. I don't want to die, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. Good luck with that, right? So control. Recognize that there are things in life we can't control. And if you insist on controlling, if you insist that you have to find out what happens after you die, or you have to find out how you're going to handle death, well, what's going to happen to your life? You're going to spend your life being compromised, uh, shaded by these thoughts. And when, when someone offends you, don't get angry or defensive. Why not choose to be more assertive? You see, you can get very stressed in a conversation where someone insults you, says something you don't want to hear, and then you have to defend yourself, of course, to the hilt, and then you fire back, and then an argument ensues. Stress. Is it necessary? No, not that, that kind of stress. I mean, so let's, let's be fair. It is stressful when someone insults you to your face or whatever, but how you react to that is either going to minimize the stress or increase the stress. When you're assertive, you're, you're able to tell people more directly, hey, I don't like what you just did. That's, that's not something I want to tolerate. Please don't do that again. There are many ways that you can take care of yourself. You can walk away. You can, if it's a close relationship or a friend, you can become a better communicator. And don't push things down. Don't suppress your feelings. That's why assertiveness is so important. The difference is that assertiveness is taking care of yourself. Aggression is attacking the other person. Not good. And you know what's important, too, is setting limits, right? I mean, how important is it to say no, especially to requests that just create more and more stress, like, well, you've got to come to our holiday party. It's really important. And inside you're saying, I don't want to go to that holiday party. I would rather stay home. Oh, no, you've got to come to that party. Set limits. In your own mind, know where the line is that you will cross or not cross. How many clubs to join? How many phone calls to make? Set limits. Be responsible to yourself. Now, for some people, saying no is not an easy thing, and I've spent a few podcasts on that concept. It's insecurity that dictates the inability to say no. And by the way, saying no is not an aggressive act. Keep that in mind. That's being assertive. And saying no is a way to protect yourself. Now, when you say yes, when you mean to say no, you're generating more stress. And then you'll carry that stress around with you. And sometimes saying no just takes practice. So if you have a hard time saying no, trust me on this. Just find something small and simple with someone who's relatively safe. You know, whether it's do you want vanilla or chocolate or what to watch on TV or what to order at a restaurant. It just every once in a while, when you find yourself just knee-jerk going to doing it their way, just say, no, it's not for me. Just try it once. Just try saying no. You'll find that once you do it, it's not so hard. See, we make it in our mind. We, we, we tend to say, if I say no, well, they're not going to like me. 
Uh, I can, it's very predictable when I say, yes, they're going to like me because I'm doing what they want. When you say no, you're just not sure, are you? So the insecure person wants that, there's that word control, wants that control. And absolute control requires giving up on yourself absolutely. Saying and doing what everyone wants. In your mind, that's the only way to be safer, regardless of the physical and emotional price you pay. And, and be sure to make time for loved ones. Find interests, find hobbies, things that you lose yourself in. Passions. Passion's a great word. It's a great stress reducer. If you have something that you're passionate about, you can step out of the stressors of your life and just indulge yourself in a passionate hobby or interest or book or music, movie. And sometimes you need to just sit down and relax a bit to kind of figure out what you would like to be doing. It's not always obvious if you crowded your life with so many to-dos and so many have-tos and so many supposed-tos, and you don't have time, as the old transactional analyst used to say, to let your child out to play. We become too much the punitive adult. No, I have to get that done. No, I can't do that now. Maybe tomorrow. Sometimes you got to let that child out to play. And please, don't strive for perfection or be too compulsive with your life. It's control. You know, the perfectionist, I've often felt that sometimes per the perfectionist doesn't really want to be perfect. They just don't want to screw up. You know, they're just afraid that uh, if they screw up, they're going to get some negative reaction from the world. If you're compulsive, everything has to be in its place. The rugs have to be vacuumed. The dishes have to be washed and put away. At what expense? Now, I'm not saying, you know, let, let the dog and cat hairs, you know, take over or let the dishes rot in the sink. But don't be victimized by it. Do it when it's consistent with your time frame. And if something has to sit for a little bit longer, if the, if the grass grows another quarter of an inch that night while you sleep, well, so be it. You always mow the lawn. You always clean the house. But you can't take back your health if chronic stress erodes it. Now, tomorrow's another day. So if you're compulsively driven and you're just trying to fit 10 pounds of potatoes into a five-pound bag, of life, well, tomorrow's another day. Put five pounds of potatoes in the five-pound sack. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've often in my time have quoted Rose Milligan in a, a poem by her. And if you've listened to all my podcasts, you'll probably go back to one where I talked about Rose's poem. And it's called Dust If You Must. And even if you've heard me talk about this in the past, please listen. Because you might need a refresher, especially if you are stressing yourself with perfectionism, compulsivity, fear, pessimism. If all the things that are generating needless stress, then you need to listen carefully to this poem. Dust if you must, but wouldn't it be better to paint a picture or write a letter, bake a cake or plant a seed, Ponder the difference between want and need. Dust if you must, but there's not much time. With rivers to swim and mountains to climb, music to hear and books to read, 
friends to cherish, and life to lead. Just if you must, but the world's out there, with the sun in your eyes and the wind in your hair, a flutter of snow, a shower of rain. This day will not come around again. Dust if you must, but bear in mind, old age will come, and it's not kind. And when you go, and go you must, you yourself will make more dust. So we talk about relativity. Well, there you go. Chronic stress is a life handed over to chronic stress. We can't eliminate stress, not all of it, but we can mitigate and minimize and lessen it. We can work toward that end. Take a look at your life. Take a look at the things that you do, or more importantly, the things you're not doing. Realize that you're not powerless. Become more conscious of the things that are necessary to reduce the stress in your life. And that's all I got for this week. So let me ask you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net. And while you're there, I would appreciate it if you would take a look at my the books I've written, especially my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. And that's the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, as I've been saying today, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So how about joining me every week? And let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Believe in yourself, reach out for your